Good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM1030 KVY, The Voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and uh, to all of our listeners and to Matt making that magic happen on the other side of the glass, we kick off by wishing everyone a happy hump day. It is Wednesday on the show. Matt, good morning. As always, good to be uh, in the saddle doing this thing. Happy hump day. Happy hump day, Zach. And uh, it's a fly a kite day. I don't know how windy it's going to be today, but uh, I don't know I don't know the last time you flew a kite, but I can't remember the last time I did. So if there's it, some it, wind out, I may, uh, may try it. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I, I'm not a very good kite flyer. I've tried it in my life. I'm not great at it. I will admit that it's not usually it's not usually ended well. But it, it's funny that it it's also National Electricity Day, and that was the whole Ben Franklin thing. <laughs> it is National Electricity Day, and I hear oh, wow. yeah, the two are the two are con- the two are connected. <laughs> We're all about connecting the dots um, here here on. <laughs> the show hold it together and uh i'm a little it is hump day i'm a little slap sorry to derail your show before it even started goodness that's okay no worries uh good morning to all of our listeners 520-790-2040 is the live line you can use to join the conversation you heard a few other people laughing uh, laughing with me one is lisa hansen an encore uh, an encore here on the show. Lisa was with us last week, the executive director of Power Over Predators, and, and we just got to chatting um, uh, about the conversation and realized that there was so much left on the table about a very important conversation. So we decided to do uh, part two today, of course, with us and bringing us together is Pastor Jeff Loxton, the pastor of Hope City Church, our faith and culture contributor. Um, and we talk about the intersection of uh, faith and uh, community and church and culture here on the program uh, on a regular basis. And so uh, it's great to see you both. Um, and then uh, at the end of the show, we're going to have our conversation with Ruben Navarrete, the most widely read Latino columnist in the country. We're going to talk uh, about the midterms. We're going to talk about um, how does he um, expect the Hispanic and Latino vote to go. And there were some midterm results yesterday that speak to that. What is on the mind of Hispanic and Latino voters? How does he, as one, anticipate uh, that uh, block will vote in the midterms later this fall? And what does it mean for both political parties? When we dive into national issues, we do it with Ruben Navarrete and get his nationwide view of what's going on. But let's welcome in our guests here. Uh, Pastor Jeff, good to see you as always. You too. Good morning. Our man of the cloth and shorts and a t-shirt and yes and uh, and great hats. Your, ha- you. your hat game is always. on I'm working on it. Our listeners can't see you. No, but, they can't. Uh, I have to describe it. Uh, Lisa, Lisa Hansen. Good morning. G- good to see you again. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Power Over Predators um, is uh, an organization uh, that aims to provide adults and kids um, with the skills and tools to prepare, intervene, and protect from victimization mm-hmm. uh, and really showing the signs of what does in-person and online abuse look like. Mm-hmm. And the start of this conversation, not to beat, you know, not to beat the church up 
the three of us obviously think that the church is an institution uh, uh, at both a human level and a spiritual level is important to our community. Um, but the Southern Baptist Convention is the latest uh, faith institution to, to see this even within the church ranks. So that right. kind of spurred this conversation. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention this week, I believe earlier, elected a new president and uh, a- and voted on policies to prevent something like this from happening again. So this is very current events, news, top of mind. Uh, Lisa, I want to talk about the Citywide Summit coming up. Mm-hmm. But first, give us a recap of what we've already talked about, uh, some of the data around our young people and the abuse that is being experienced in new ways, certainly coming out of COVID. But what are you seeing from your seat at Power Over Predators? Sure. Um some of the statistics can just be really hard and overwhelming to hear, and our brain can't really wrap itself mm. around these numbers. But I think the most significant one is that the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has seen nearly a 100% increase in online child sexual exploitation. Mm. So they are overwhelmed with reports. Um, law enforcement is never going to be able to catch up. And so our kids are just being exploited online like we've never seen before. And, and I just don't think that parents are aware of, of how often children are being exploited. <laughs> um, the other statistic that's important for parents to be aware of is that one in four of our kids by the age of 14 are either sending or receiving a nude photo of themselves or their peers. <laughs> and so um, this is called sexting, and um, it leads into sextortion, which the Department of Justice is now saying is the greatest threat to our kids because it's the... Uh, gateway into human trafficking because now somebody has uh, personal intimate photos of you or videos of you and they can use that against you. And um, and then a child is being literally trafficked on their phone. It could be at, from home, it could be from school, it could be anywhere and parents just are not aware that this is a very normal thing that our kids are participating in today. Um, the abuse statistics, one in four girls, one in five boys um, are going to be sexually abused before their 18th birthday. So, I, I mean, again, I could just, I could go on mm-hmm. and I could go on and I could go on. And um, You mentioned last time the connection that has to s- suicidal ideas. Right. Right. Can you speak to that briefly? You, yeah, you bet. So um, in every category that we talk about, there is an increased risk for suicide. Those who have experienced sexual abuse three to five times more likely to attempt suicide. Those who have experienced um, sextortion over five times more likely to attempt suicide. Not just sextortion, sending and receiving nude photos. Uh, it has a psychological impact that kids are not able to process. Um, the bullying epidemic, the cyberbullying that we're seeing, and, right. and just in-person bullying increases a child's risk by 11 times to attempt suicide. And and so just these numbers are l- alone. Um, these the self harm, all of this has increased child suicide by 50 percent um, in in just these last two years. Uh, a wow. lot of it just with the psychological implications of being stuck at home, kids needing to connect, finding connections online, you know, ending up in abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. So I think that where we're at today is leaving everybody like, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. We need some hope. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I don't think that there are many safe spaces left. Mm -hmm. And I want, I'd love to, if it's okay with you in our second segment, 
talk about what are the signs because I'm not sure we really got into that mm-hmm. much in our first conversation is if you're an adult or a grandparent listening how can you tell mm-hmm. that these things may be happening right because I think one of the challenges is with these you know beautiful devices called the phone right. it can happen in very uh, kind of surreptitious ways that are very unseen mm-hmm. to people around them but I think about you know for example we're having a national conversation about some of the activities that are happening, for example, in public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there was a case at Tucson High in the news just a while ago. But what people don't talk about is there was a similar situation where there was an inappropriate, sexually abusive relationship between a teacher mm-hmm. and, and a student mm-hmm. um, at one of the well known charter schools uh, right. in town. And they kept going around all these different private and charter schools. And so I think parents think, well, if we go here, right, Right. or if we do this church activity, or if we kind of corner off our kids in these areas versus these other areas, we'll be okay. Yeah. I've got I've got three kids, um, Lisa and Jeff. I I'm it's a scary world to raise a kid. There's no safe spaces. Right. Thank you for that therapeutic session. of that is the the parent that's or grandparent that's living in complete fear and is like locking up devices you're not allowed to have access to this and that's not healthy either right right yeah right yeah so I, but I think I think that's I mean that's how we got to this conversation sure it's places that we thought were places of safety yes um, and, and security mm-hmm. just at a human level often end up not being that way mm-hmm. Um Let's do this. Let's go to a break because I don't want to interrupt you, Lisa. When we come back, we'll have a long segment. Sure. Uh, maybe you can tell us more about if you're in a, a parent or a grandparent listening, mm-hmm. how do you tell this is happening? How do you intervene? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a citywide summit where we can have that in-person conversation. I yep. think lots of our listeners should. Let's go to our first break of the hour. When we come back, we'll be back with Lisa and Jeff to continue part two of this conversation here on Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We'll be right back on 1030 The Voice. CBS News at the top and bottom of every hour. 1030 The Voice. Trusted local news and talk. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. It's Casino Del Sol's $125,000 Home with Soul Makeover Giveaway. Win a complete home solar panel system by Solar Solution AZ. A home furniture makeover by Sam Levitt's Furniture. A premium above-ground spa by Presidential Pools and Spas. Plus weekly free play prizes with the grand prize drawing on July 2nd. Visit Sam Levitt's Furniture to learn more. Or visit Casino Del Sol to enter. It's Casino Del Sol's $125,000 Home with Soul Makeover Giveaway. Only at Casino Del Sol. Enterprise of the Pasquayaki Tribe. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. You're listening to Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We're with Lisa Hansen in studio and Pastor Jeff Loxton, our faith and culture contributor. Uh, finishing up a part two conversation, uh, Lisa is the executive director and founder of Power Over Predators, uh, and talking about how do we alert our, our kids, our, our families, our grandparents to the critical dangers of in-person and online abuse, uh, sexual abuse, of course, but other kinds here in what is really a trafficking corridor mm-hmm. in Southern Arizona, um, equipping and empowering them with skills to prepare, intervene, and to protect from victimization. This conversation, of course, on the heels of some uh, big stories nationally. We're going to talk about uh, what are the more subtle signs? How do our parents and grandparents listening know? Mm-hmm. And then what resources are available? Uh, we, we have a caller, uh, if we can take that, Lisa. Sure. And, and and Matt, if, if, if uh, I think it's Carl on the line with a question for Lisa. Let's go to Carl, if Carl is still with us. Yes, uh, I'm a, a foster grandparent, kinship foster. And I've got a 10-year-old girl who was sexually abused uh, in the last state that she was in. Uh, she occasionally threatens uh, suicide. Uh, she goes into uh, infantile behavior. Uh, she bangs her head on the ground, and she has truly awesome meltdowns, and she uh, can, upon occasion, be a threat to her two- and three-year-old brother. DCS has been worse than useless. Uh, they want us to go into equine therapy. Well, there's a huge, long waiting list for that, so we can't get her into that. Uh, they had her lined up with Grossman and Grossman, which are supposed to be uh, specialists in sexual trauma. And Grossman and Grossman wanted to do it all over Zoom for a nine-year-old, when she was nine at the time, you know, which is completely worthless at that point. So where do I go to get help? Carl, can I just say God bless you. You're doing the Lord's work. Um, and thank you for standing in the gap yeah. in a situation that just has me shaking my head. And, uh, you know, um, my eyes might be leaking a little bit. I don't know if I could do what you're doing, but I think you're on with the right person, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Carl, thanks for calling in. And um, I can just hear 
the struggle and the frustration in the discouragement in your voice and I'm discouraged with you and for you um, you definitely need a community you need um, you need other parents and grandparents who are going through the same thing that can um, share uh, opportunities with you um, success stories with you um, I don't want to get to sounding superficial and I and I do want to do, encourage you to um, to do whatever you can to get her into equine therapy um, I know that there is multiple locations in the area and this is something that um, I, we don't have time to go into on all of those um, but any type of animal therapy is definitely one of the safe, safest places for a child especially her age to go instead of being diagnosed and medicated um, she just needs you to love her where she's at because the trauma that she's experienced is she's in the severe um, shame cycle where she's just feeling completely powerless and uh, the amount of control that she does not have is is showing up in her behavior where she is just trying to execute whatever level of control she does have so can find to talk to, to somebody but unfortunately the way things are right now people are wanting to do everything online and on zoom and um, we do have some uh, um, resources on our website where you can go to uh, find local people that specialize in this but I or I um, Whenever I talked to people, it's always, like you said, a three-month wait just to get in to talk to somebody. So what I want to encourage you to do is, um, I'm not sure where you're at in the community, but find um, community members that are um, dealing with the same issue that you're dealing with. There are resources in the foster care industry that they should be setting you up with other families that are going through this because you just need, more than anything, you need community. And yes, she is going to need care um, and it's going to be long term but there is always there is always hope and there is always healing for this this is something that she can get healing from so um, I feel like I gave you a superficial answer but you've got to find people to go through this with you so that you have a great support system Lisa my hunch is that uh, in a more one-on-one -on -one conversation mm -hmm. you might be able to suggest it more uh, more specific yes. is there an email maybe you could provide Absolutely. where Carl and others could email and say I want to meet those people I need to check out those resources absolutely so I'm happy to give out my email which is lisa at popprogram.org but if you go to our website you will also find additional resources there okay um, on a national level and a local level um, for immediate care and then for long-term care um, so and then there's also info at pop program is another great way just to get in touch with any of our staff to where we can direct guide you and direct you into those right places uh, power over predators .org. correct Lisa there's also a citywide summit speaking mm -hmm. of in-person right. opportunities to right. to to hash out some of these things uh, not over zoom right uh, but in person Lisa yeah. before we get there in two minutes or less 
give me the kind of rapid fire? What do our parents and grandparents out there need to be watching for? What are the subtle signs that there might be either online or in-person sexual abuse happening? Right, so I'm going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse here, but you've got to get educated and you've got to get aware. You have to know the signs of trauma because everybody processes trauma differently. What are one or two of those? I know we're not going to get the whole list, but... Right, so there's fight, flight, freeze, and submit. So those are the four key areas. And so it sounds kind of like what Carl was describing is mm. he's got a fighter. Mm. and um, But it looks kind of ugly and kind of, um, you know, sharp and, and edgy and scary. But she's fighting for herself. Um, then individuals will run. Running means you can run away from home or you can isolate and run, run right into your own personal prison. Um, freeze is an, is where a child or an individual literally does not have the ability to move they don't have the ability to talk they don't have the because it's kind of like you know if you imagine a little scapegoat those guys they're the ones those little animals are the ones that faint and fall over uh, because they that's how their body is is processing the trauma and then you've got submit which is the one that's the most difficult for a lot of people to understand mm-hmm. but it's you do what you're told to get by Mm. Um, if I don't behave, if I don't do what I'm told wow. to do, then the consequences are going to be huge. And so submission looks like a form of actually being a be- good behavior, but you're actually feeling forced to submit to something that you don't want to be a part of. Mm. Real quick, is there anything technologically to watch for? Is it patterns of phone usage or I know I'm trying to cram a lot in here, but (laughs) let's end on that. But technologically, what are some of the signs that there might be stuff happening on our phones that we need to watch out for? I would say if your child doesn't want them to see your phone, that's your first key indicator right there. If your child is pushing back on um, things that you want, protective measures that you want to set, if your child is pushing back on um, the fact that you don't let them take their phone into the bathroom, because a lot of parents Mm -hmm. don't realize that that's where a lot of things happen is when a child just goes to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and things are going on in there. Um, Is your child taking their phone to bed at night with them? Or where where is the phone where is the common space? So a lot of us, like I mentioned, as parents, have really got to set those boundaries so that our kids are aware that uh, predators are preying upon them. But really, kids will isolate and go into their own little world on the phone. So it is very difficult to determine. So it has to be a daily conversation that mm. you're having with your kids. Uh, I'm glad that there's an organization like Power Over Predators to deep dive on these things because each of these things could be a session, could mm-hmm. be a workshop. Maybe they are. Yes. Uh, before we run out of time, there's a citywide summit on this this year. Tell yeah. us about it. Yeah, so we're really excited about it. And like we talked about, recent events are kind of leading us to despair. But um, the, the theme for this year's summit is turning challenges into legacies. And um, I just want to encourage everybody to come because we're going to totally focus on a community-wide approach to addressing all of these issues so youth parents grandparents foster anybody who works with kids anybody who cares about kids law enforcement will be there educators will be there Um, we really want to take the the approach of the four p's which is prevention protection prosecution and partnership Mm. and i can't go into those four p's in the the short amount of time that we have together there's a citywide summit for that that's Uh, yeah yep citywide summit october 7th Uh, registration opens next week on wednesday so stay tuned for that get registered for this event, you're definitely going to want to be there. You're going to learn a ton. And, and people can go to poweroverpredators.org yep. 
and yep. find registration for that yes. and, and all of that. It's a one-stop shop. And all of our social media platforms, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Lisa, thank you for coming uh, back for a second time. Clearly, there is a need out there to mm-hmm. understand this, to address it, to tackle it head on. Pastor Jeff Loxton, uh, thank you for bringing us yeah, together of um, and uh, for advocating as a church on your own to, to tackle this and for bringing this conversation here. Thank you. Tucson, when we come back, uh, a cool story from me, a little bit of a palate cleanser maybe from a necessary <laughs> but hard conversation. And then Ruben Navarrete and I will talk national issues as we head towards the midterms. Lots to go here on Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Keep us here on 1030 The Voice. We'll be right back. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash offer.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. We're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, the voice of the in-depth news conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. This segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened last fall in downtown Tucson. And uh, boy, our Tipping Point listeners are treating them right. I got to tell you, I've heard from so many of you uh, who've heard about them here on the show and have paid them a visit. Please keep doing that. Side note, PSA, uh, June through August is just killer for small businesses, especially in the food and beverage industry, at least in my experience um, in, in Tucson in a past life. I was in management work um, of a fairly large um, coffee company in Tucson, and June through August, we just really, really, really uh, keep telling ourselves it will be the fall soon, and and there's just that three months of the year where things really die down. You just kind of hang on to that P&L by the skin of your teeth uh, (laughs) and hope to make it by, and we did every time but by the skin of our teeth and so that's the story of many businesses little love burger serving up the juiciest burgers loaded hot dogs 
uh, Hub Ice Cream Milkshakes, Local Brews, and Breakfast Sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Loveburger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15-1-5% discount off your next order. Please, one more time, show your small businesses in Tucson some love uh, this summer. Uh, we are back after a kind of a tough conversation, to be honest, uh, speaking with Lisa Hansen, the executive director of an organization in town called Power Over Predators, uh, a top of mind nationally in so many ways are just the dangers uh, and, and new forms and new places um, where sexual abuse and other kinds of abuse of our young children are happening. Nowhere is safe. Um, there was a, a private uh, private uh, charter school in town where this was happening. Uh, and so if you think there's a place where you can get away from this as a parent or a grandparent, I just uh, don't think that's correct. We have to be vigilant. And uh, we even had uh, you know some listeners call in and share even personal stories of living with this. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I, would, I, would, I would say uh, email Lisa. Uh, to have a more specific conversation if you came away with more questions. Um, uh, but uh, really difficult stuff. But this is such a wonderful platform, and I'm honored to do this with you every day, and I'm honored that you listen, and I'm honored that you call in because this is real-life people talking real-life issues in real time, emphasis maybe on real time. And uh, such a joy and an honor. It's also heavy. The last uh, couple segments were kind of heavy, but we got to talk about this stuff. Uh, we can't stick our head in the sand we have to have one foot in the pothole, one foot on the moon, right? Talk about the big stuff, manage the stuff uh, that we have to day to day. Uh, Ruben Navarrete is on the other side. We're looking forward to that. We're going to talk uh, the midterms, uh, specifically uh, the Hispanic and Latino vote. Um, how are they voting as of yesterday and how will they vote in the midterm? Uh, and what does it mean for both political parties? Always an interesting conversation. Ruben Navarrete is the most widely read Latino comments in the country, so he has opinions on this, and we'll, and we'll get that. Uh, but Matt, I just had to share a cool story before we go to our last break of the hour. Um, I, I have been saying that not only am I on a mission to dub Tucson the space city of the Southwest, but to do that, I need to get people other than myself to say that Tucson is the space city of the Southwest. And so, Matt, you know my joy when yesterday I opened the latest uh, Biz Tucson magazine, uh, the summer edition, and it was focused on what are some really great things that Tucson are doing, Tucson's doing, that other parts of the country and maybe even the world are looking at. And correctly, they listed uh, Tucson as the space city of the Southwest, number six of 11 and they mentioned uh, me and they mentioned this show and uh, I'm on a mission Matt there and you go. Uh, we, we can check that off we can check that box uh, that is now beyond just this show and our loyal listeners other people are calling Tucson the space city of the southwest here we go it's going to happen Matt it's going to happen it's a thing Zach <laughs> it is a thing did I did I tell you did I tell you the uh, quote from the Roman poet Ovid that has been stuck in my head all week? Have I done that yet on the show? I don't believe so. I don't remember that we've discussed Ovid. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would remember that. Uh, here's a quote from him. Um, you know, he just died recently. Uh, Dripping water hollows out stone, not through force, but through persistence. Um, I am that dripping water, Matt, for better or for worse. 
uh, not through force, but through persistence, drip, 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 drip. I'm going to keep bringing it up, keep saying it until uh, until the water hollows out the stone. So that's I'm the torturous drip of water. A valuable commodity in a <laughs> desert. Zach? Yeah. <laughs> right? Dripping water, forceful water. Matt wants it all. <laughs> you bet. Oh, but yes, uh, dripping water hollows out stone, not through force, but through persistence. I'm that torturous drip of water on this, but uh, I think you can find it. Uh, it's it, at least uh, it'll be out in print end of July, end of end of this month. But you can see it online, the Biz uh, Tucson 2022 Summer Edition. Uh, I'll put it up on my Facebook. It was uh, it was a good good production and talks about all the things that we've talked about on this show, the series we did with the University of Arizona specifically. And uh, again, I think we are in our Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh moment um, to take advantage of this. It could change the trajectory of this region. And um, as uh, as our friend Fletcher McCusker said, Matt, you'll like this. I actually put this up on Twitter from a 2018 article. This will make you laugh. Fletcher McCusker said about the space industry in Tucson, it occurs to me that this is an opportunity that only we can mess up. <laughs> and uh, he's not wrong. Uh, and only we can mess this up. And uh, and I hope we won't. And I am that drip of water to do my very darndest to make sure <laughs> um, to make sure that it doesn't. Uh, last tweet that got some love yesterday. I, I put I, I posted this out there. Um, the American city is full of potential. Governed well, it is the engine of prosperity and opportunity. But current crises of crime, homelessness, housing, economic mobility are no accident. They are the result of governance that, as one observer put it, values theory over people. And, and, and that, is, that is stuck in my head. I mentioned it earlier this week. Uh, but it is just, uh, if there's a theme of my personal week, uh, the content on this show, what I've been putting out on social media, what's in my head is that um, if you look at cities around this country and you go, boy, there are challenges there. And all cities have challenges. Uh, but the dramatic stuff, right? We know, um, you know, San Francisco and Los Angeles, for example, are really struggling with homelessness um, and crime. These problems are not an accident. These are the result of years of governance where we have valued theory over people. And I can't think of a better segue to my next conversation with Ruben Navarrete on the other side, uh, on the other side of our conversation as we um, are analyzing the Latino and Hispanic vote heading towards the midterm right now in this country. Ruben will, Ruben will give us his view on it. There was a race yesterday that brings some meaning to that. Uh, but let me tell you what is the great equalizer whether it is cities, whether it is congressional districts, whether it is this country, when, when government values theory over people, the beautiful thing about the American people um, is that they always tend to, um, to, to, um, to make hiring and firing decisions, uh, to try to put in place people who value people over theory. But look at any city around you. If you don't think it's going well, it's because somewhere we've put, we've valued theory over people. And I think both political parties at different times have done that with specifically the Latino and Hispanic uh, uh, vote and, 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 and our neighbors. Uh, so we're going to go to our break. When we come back, Ruben Navarrete will be with us. Last segment of this Wednesday hump day edition of Tipping Point. 
with me, your host, Zach Genser, on 1030 The Voice. We'll be right back. politics the issues that matter to you 1030 the voice tucson's trusted local news and talk why i love where i live it's a brand and movement that began here in tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live located in the open air mercado san Agustin annex just west of downtown it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food drink and other shopping options close by find gifts toys books and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live visit them at the annex off the i-10 at cushing and avenida del convento Zach Yenzer here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. This is Bill Buckmaster, the Tucson Parks and Rec Director, at noon on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona still live out of the Common Workspace studios. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, for this Wednesday hump day edition this drive time hour of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Uh, Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee uh, that my family and I drink at home and while we're out and about, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community. Visit them at uh, 267 South Avenida del Convento at the Mercado San Agustin Annex uh, for their great menu of coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and I'm pleased to say 
ice cream now. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Matt, the Yenser rate and the Space City of the Southwest are two things from this show that I think are sticking. And that's I'm telling uh, you. And, and, that's, and that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Uh, Ruben Navarrete is with us now, the most widely read uh, Latino columnist in the country, syndicated across many uh, uh, platforms that you would recognize. He also hosts his own podcast, Ruben in the Center. Ruben, as always, good to be with you and some very present news to get your opinion on. Good morning to you. Zach, great to be back with you again. I have a bit of a cold, but uh, don't normally sound this way, as you know. Great to be back with you. That's all right. Your your voice is uh, is even deeper, and uh, yeah, and uh, okay. we'll go with it. <laughs> I left. My, I was going to say I left my voice in San Francisco, where I was up in the Bay Area for a talk uh, at the Lesher Speaker Series last week. Uh, I was hot on the heels of Carl Rove and David Axelrod, who had spoken a couple of months earlier. Uh, so it was it was a great time. A lot of, a lot of great questions, but uh, cool. I didn't talk myself out. Very cool. Um, well, no, it's good to be with you. Thanks for thanks for making the time. You know, on this show, we've been watching what uh, is happening in the Los Angeles mayoral race. Yes. Um, and, and then yesterday, a a Democratic, a Latino dominant uh, Democratic district in Texas, at least through January, mm-hmm. uh, swung mm-hmm. Republican in the primary uh, or, or in a, uh, I think it was a special election to fill an open seat, um, Ruben Navarrete. And I think many around the country um, see um, that the um, that the that Latino and Hispanic voters are and are set to be a dominant decision-making block of voters in this country today and going forward. And you write, and I wanted to get your views, you write um, that uh, Democrats, certainly in California, but maybe beyond, have taken Latinos for granted and tried to blend them into a multicultural stew um, and have struck the wrong note with Latinos, assuming they would be on board with a policy reform or trend when that isn't the case. These are your words, Ruben. Uh, Dig into that a little bit uh, and and in the context of some recent primary elections around the country. Well, first of all, Zach, you know, in Texas, uh, let's let's flesh that out a little bit. It was Myra Flores is the the Republican nominee in the special election. Actually, she she won the outright special election. She's going to run for re-election again. I guess she has to run again uh, in November. Um, But... um, she is the first Mexican-born congresswoman, born in hmm. Mexico, a really? Republican. Yeah, the the race was, you know, Flores versus Sanchez. It was two Latinos, right? Uh, it was, as you were, uh, as you said correctly, a Democrat district that had gone for Biden uh, by, uh, I think, double digits. And this is significant for a couple of reasons. One is, as I've said before in your program, uh, the way it works in business and the way it works in politics is, you don't get uh, a shot at a market or a constituency or a customer base unless your opponent drops the ball. If, if in the battle of hotels between Hilton, Hyatt, and Marriott, if, if one of those companies has a lock on the Latino vote or a Latino customer base and they drop the ball somehow, that creates an opening for somebody else. Every one of these Republican victories that you see has to be seen as a failure by Democrats. Latinos are baptized Democrat and Catholic. That's true in Arizona, it's true in California, it's true in Texas. And the very fact that you have these defections, it tells you the Democratic Party has done a lousy job 
for the last 50 years of keeping Latinos in the fold. And one of the mistakes they've made, as I said in that uh, piece you just read, was they put us together this multicultural stew. They think that you're, we're black. We're not black. You, you can't treat us like we're African-Americans. And just, like, just even though CRT might work with uh, critical race theory, might work in terms of African-Americans, it doesn't work for Latinos. Uh, Latinos are pro-law uh, enforcement. They don't believe in defunding the police. They don't believe in this trend of progressive prosecutors that lets people go free after they commit crimes. It's a complete misread, Zach. It's completely a misread by the Democratic Party. I just find it fascinating that Democrats in a state like Texas or Arizona or Texas, Arizona or, or California, where Latinos represent 25, 30, 40 percent of the population, that Democrats wouldn't know us better. That's the real story here. Democrats live among us. They've been, they've been taking our votes, the majority of our votes, for 50 years. The last 15 presidential elections, Latinos have always voted for the Democrat over the Republican. Shame on the Democratic Party in these states, in the Southwest, for not understanding Mexican-Americans better than they do. Hmm. It, yeah, it's... I, I think you were in the in the green room, so to speak, when I was talking yeah. about my realization this week in terms of putting yeah. it into words. Um, and I think both theory, parties... Theory of, yeah, theory over people, when people think about theory over yes. people. Yes, yes. Yeah, and here's, here's the thing that's true. That's happened, as you said correctly, in both political parties. With Democrats, it happens with social theory. They fall in love with social theory over people. Republicans fall in love over economic theory over people. Uh, every economic theory you can think of, whether it's supply-side economics or this idea of lower taxes, uh, Milton Friedman's ideas of, of economics, um, every economic theory you can think of is pushed by Republicans, not Democrats. I wouldn't trust Democrats with my wallet or my credit card. Most people feel that way, right? So, you know, both parties, remember the Rubin rule? The Rubin rule is both parties are the same. They're two heads on the same snake. There's not a dime's worth of difference between the two parties. Yes, you're right. It is, is, is a, a really a problem when a political party puts theory above people. And Democrats do it with social issues. Republicans do it with economic issues. What's the difference? It's kind of interesting. I want to turn this turn this uh, to the Republican Party now, Ruben. Our, our conversation was really based around the frame of this piece, speaking to your impression that the Democratic Party is speaking um, over and around uh, the the um, um, uh, Hispanic and Latino community in this country. It's interesting to me. I I watched a Republican primary debate, um, right, Ruben, right, right. in a rural part of Arizona, um, where the moderator asked uh, both candidates who are speaking to a primary voter audience, right, they, they're doing what they got to right, do, right, should right. dreamers have access to um, education um, and uh, in-state tuition and right, so on and right. so forth. Ruben, I was shocked. Right in a primary debate to hear two Republicans, three really, but two that I didn't expect to say it, say, yeah, I think the case is closed. Um, If you came here as a young person, um, that wasn't on you, and you've only known this country, you should have access uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, you know, whatever we're talking about. And I went, there's a sea change happening. Um, What do Republicans have to do? If there's this moment, uh, what do Republicans have to do to not drop the ball? Good point. Okay, so there's a couple things going on. There's a sea change, sure, with Republicans moving more to the middle in some cases, but also a sea change with regard to conservative Democratic Latinos coming home again 
to the conservative end of the spectrum, and in turn voting Republican more often. So there's two, com- you know, competing uh, currents, right? Depending on the, on the demographic you're talking about. The issue for Republicans is not that they can't win the Latino vote. The question that's still in the air is whether they can retain the Latino vote. And that's what you just talked about. If they make the same mistake Democrats did, which is to take things for granted and just assume that, you know, well, Democrats always want Latinos to do something for them to show up on Election Day, but they don't typically do anything for us. Uh, Well, if Republicans take that same stance, they're going to end up with the same sort of difficulty, and those Latinos will find their way out of the Republican Party. They may not go to the Democratic Party. They'll just stay home and, or form a third party. They, it, it, retaining this is really where the game is. And your point is, is well taken. Here's what's happened right now. And this is really shows up in the Flores versus Sanchez race in Texas. I got lectured by a good friend of mine two days ago in Texas because he says, you know, we should be against, as a Mexican-American, we should be against identity politics. Well, now guess who's playing identity politics? I love it, right? It's the Republicans. The Republicans have decided if you can't beat them, join them. We're going to run Latinos against Latinos. That's identity politics. I don't have a problem with that. Identity politics is the American way. Republicans need to get over this fake outrage that they have that Latinos would vote for Latinos and do what they did in the Flores race, which is to put up a Latino. Because when you put up a Flores against the Sanchez, you negate, you negate the race issue. It's no longer a case of the Latino Democrat and the white Republican. So that's one thing they can continue to do. Uh, lastly, they just need to stay away from anti-immigration rhetoric. And it's not illegal immigration. It's immigration in general. When, uh, de- when Republicans like David Perdue and Tom Cotton put forward something like the RAISE Act to limit legal, legal immigration, because Republicans are against legal immigration, they're going to lose big chunks of the Latino vote going forward. So they need to speak to wise up on immigration, get over their racism, get over their nativism, Start running Latinos and embrace uh, identity politics. Welcome to the party, guys. Ruben, is there anything? Because well, we had a similar conversation, I don't know, a few months back, and I had a listener message in and say, Why do we talk about Latino and Hispanic voters and then uh, white Caucasian voters and then African American voters? Why do we keep divvying up? the American people into these different identities. Why don't we just talk about the American voter? And so, Ruben, I want to ask you in closing, if you had to say um, uh, a Latino or Hispanic voter in American City, USA, is worried about or is focused on XYZ issues in a way that is different from a white Caucasian voter or an African-American voter, what would you say to that? I think it's, it's there's a very unique experience being Latino in America because we're neither black nor white. And I think that the, the Latino voter in America feels put off by both political parties. I think the Latino American voter and also the Mexican American voter specifically feels much more like a swing voter. They uh, are conservative Democrats at a time where there's no longer too many conservative Democrats or liberal Republicans rolling around. They care about some issues that are the same as other voters. They care about crime, jobs, the economy, things like that. Uh, but they also care about things like education. You know, it's the weirdest thing. Latinos have cared about education as a top issue, a federal issue, as if they're voting for the, not the president, but the federal superintendent of public instruction. (laughs) I mean, somebody needs to tell Latinos that education isn't a federal issue, right? It's a local issue. But for 50 years, we've chosen education as a top issue. So anybody who says the Latino voters are just like all the other voters, they're only telling you a half truth. In fact, there are many parts of the Latino vote that is very unique to Latinos. And I would just say to people like that, grow up, you know, pick up a history book, pal, 
look at the Irish who turned out to vote for the Kennedys in Boston or the Italians who voted for Mario Cuomo and, uh, in, New York, in New York, and more importantly, if, and Jewish voters who voted for Ed Koch in New York. And how about those white voters who turned out for, for uh, Donald Trump in big of numbers in two elections because he went out and told everybody that my grandfather from Mexico was a criminal, a, a drug dealer, trafficker, and a rapist. You know, so don't don't tell me I just I didn't just fall off the truck, okay? <laughs> don't tell me that somehow Latinos invented identity politics. Y'all are ticked off because finally, with the state of California being forty percent Latino, the state of Arizona being thirty percent Latino, Latino actually have a, a shot at the table now, a seat at the table. But hey, this is not our game. We're just learning how to play it. Ruben, where can people find you off the air? Uh, on the right side, writing for Newsmax. On the left side, find, uh, writing for the Daily Beast. In the middle, at ruben.reddit.com, Ruben in the center, my podcast. Ruben, as always, uh, the most widely read Latino columnist in the country, we certainly wanted your view on this topic in view of uh, events even as of last night. Thank you so much. Feel better, sir, and uh, take care. Thank you, Zach. Tucson, Hugh Hewitt's up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll see you Thursday for more Tipping Point on the Voice.